Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 minutes or so, but every single day of the week, seven days a week, keeps us in God's Word, helps us to stay strong in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, helps us keep our focus on our relationship with God and have a better spiritual mindset to be able to deal with life every day. You know people in your life who need to have these blessings, don't you? Help them by sharing these short studies with them today and every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody come to God through Christ. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, talking about Jesus Christ, your Savior. God sent Jesus into this world as your Savior. We talked about how when we look at the announcement of the impending birth of Jesus by God's angel speaking to Joseph, betrothed to Mary, the mother-to-be of Jesus, Joseph thinking that she had been unfaithful because they had not been yet together. They were betrothed, but not quite officially married. And so seeing her with child, he thought she had been unfaithful, and he was going to put her away. But respectfully, he was going to do so privately to not bring public disgrace and shame upon her more than would be necessary. But the angel sent from God said, don't be afraid. Take Mary for your wife. The child within her is not from man, but he is from the Holy Spirit. And she shall bear bear forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, which means literally Savior. And the angel told Joseph, he shall save his people from their sins. Well, he came, bore the name Jesus, and he is the Savior. The name means Savior, and he came for that purpose, to save his people from their sins. As John, rather as Luke recorded in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, on the night that Mary bore Jesus in physical form into this world, in the city of Bethlehem, in a manger, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, an angel appeared to shepherds in the field nearby and told them that a Savior had been born in the city of David, the city of Bethlehem. So Jesus was identified as our Savior, your Savior, even before he was born physically. And when he was born, he was identified to those shepherds in the field And written down in Scripture for us, so he was identified to us as well, as the Savior, your Savior. We talked about what Jesus gave up to become your Savior, leaving a position of equality with God in heaven, to become a little lower than angels, to become man, although still fully divine, so that he could serve as your Savior. Jesus, from the beginning, preached, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He came as the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies of the coming Messiah, the Savior. 
He came to bring the message of salvation we call the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. He came to be the Savior, not just of the people living in that day, and specifically just the Jewish people or the Israelites, but to be the Savior of all mankind, going all the way back to Adam and pointing all the way forward to all of those who will live until he comes again. Jesus is your Savior. When we look at 1 John chapter 4 and verse 14, John the Apostle wrote this, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And that's verse 16. Now back up to verse 14. Why would John write such a glowing description of God as being love. Well, remember what Jesus said in John John 3 and verse 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so in verse 14 of 1 John chapter 4, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world as Savior of the world. We look back at the book of Acts, and here we find another statement along this line, Acts chapter 13 and verse 23. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a Savior, Jesus, Again, the very name Jesus means literally Savior. When we go back to Acts chapter 5, beginning with verse 30, the early days of the church, in Jerusalem, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on, on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and Savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Even though the vast, vast, vast majority of the Jewish people in Jesus' day rejected him as the Savior, that did not change his identity. That did not change his mission. That did not change who he is. In fact, in Acts chapter 2 on Pentecost, As Peter was pointedly rebuking the Jewish people of having rejected their Savior, in verse 33, he said, Therefore, being highly or being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool, a prophecy of the coming Savior. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this same Jesus, which means Savior, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Why did the Jewish leadership instigate the 
crucifixion of Jesus because they did not accept him as the Savior, by and large. They wanted to shut him up. They wanted to put him out of the way. And they thought bringing about his death would accomplish that. But Jesus arose from that tomb, victorious over death. And he did not do that secretly. He appeared openly to countless, well, I say countless, I suspect a whole lot more than we actually have the scripture record telling us, but numerous people, in fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the apostle Paul said he appeared to at least 500 at one time, and that was just at one time, and he walked the earth for a period of 40 days after the resurrection before he ascended back to heaven, and here Peter tells The Jewish men gathered there in Pentecost, listening to him and the other apostles teach the gospel of Christ. The same Jesus whom you crucified, God has made both Lord and Christ. You know, maybe you have been reluctant to come to Jesus as your Savior. There is no other Savior. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, The apostles said, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus is your Savior, your only Savior. When we look at Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23, notice the beautiful description identifying the church in relation to Jesus and Jesus in relation to the church. Chapter 5 and verse 23, Paul wrote this, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ also is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. And so there is a comparison between a husband and wife relationship to that of Christ and the church, his bride And notice that Paul specifically brings out he is the savior of the body. He's already identified the body back in chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, as being the church, the church being the body of Christ. Over and over, the scriptures openly declare Jesus Christ to be savior of mankind and thereby your Savior, your only Savior. Philippians 3 and verse 20, we read, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Savior, again, recognized and identified as such. We look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10. And here, again, the Apostle Paul writes about Jesus as our Savior, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And then in Titus chapter 1 and verse 4, again, we read to Titus, a true son in our common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Chapter 2 and verse 13, same letter. 
looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in chapter 3 and verse 6, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. When we look at Peter's second recorded letter, in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 11, Peter writes also, identifying Christ as the Savior. For so an entrance shall be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Chapter 2, verse 20. Again, Peter writing, For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they were again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. And then in chapter 3 and verse 2, again, Peter writing, That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles, of the Lord and Savior, the Lord and Savior. And then in verse 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Jesus Christ is your Savior. How are you responding to that fact? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for sending your Son into this world as our Savior, paying the price for the guilt of our sins. And please help us and help all of humanity to identify him as such and to come to him as their Savior in faithful obedience, Father. Please forgive us, gracious Father. And we pray in his name. Amen.